We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We've got Neil Keefe on the show today. It's been a while since you've been on the pod. I think you probably filled in for either Scott or I over the past yeah. couple years. I just can't remember when. I know I've been on your show a bunch, so it feels like we talk often enough. What's up? Not much. Yeah, I, I, I when you reach out, I'm like, oh, Scott on vacation. Or when he would reach out, I'd say, is Andrew on vacation? So I always know someone, someone somewhere. It's usually in the middle of summer. You're on the roster of like villains. <laughs> we, we've got a few people who, who rotate in, but it's good to get you back on. Um, and I'm happy that you're coming back on after the Yankees have turned things around slightly rather than before, because I think the podcast, this podcast will go a little smoother than if we did this, say, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, if you had done this on... Uh, even as recently as Monday night, it probably wouldn't have gone so well. But the last two days to score the runs they've scored, which they should have been doing all season long, especially against the Orioles, things are looking up. But I posed that question today on the Keeps the City podcast. Is this, you know, is it? should you be excited about the Yankees because they've won 12 out of 18 since the All-Star break? They've won five out of six here. Or is it like, well, they're just beating the Marlins and the Orioles? So I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. They're, they're winning. <laughs> Got to get to 96 wins for uh, financial sake on a preseason wager and to win the division. I, that's one of the questions I was going to bring up. I mean, again, going back to the two weeks ago thing or whatever they left uh, Boston and losing losing that Sunday game when Domingo Herman had a no hitter with five outs to go in the game and then they they blow that game. When yeah. they lost I was like all right the division is just absolutely gone. <laughs> Maybe they can get the second wild card if things break their way, but now with the Red Sox losing five games this week and Tampa looking less dominant than they really have been to this point in the season and the Yankees having won the last two series against Tampa is it crazy to say the division's out of reach? I already called the division done on this podcast. I said the division's done. I said it like six different times. So I can't really backtrack on that. But like, what are you thinking for the division? I mean, mathematically, the odds are so slim. I mean, there's no margin for error. Like if they had lost one of the last two games to the Orioles, I think it would have been done. And I like I, like you, I've said several times, like they're not, they're not winning the division because at one point they were nine games back. And 
in April, I jokingly said I would have signed up for the second wild card, and it turns out that that wasn't really such a joke because I think a lot of people would do that now just to safely get into the playoffs. If you look at the schedule the rest of the way, all I care about is them getting to 96 wins. I want them to get in the playoffs. If they get in as a second wild card, I'll be pissed because they were supposed to be so great this year and they're not. But to get to 96 wins, there is a clear path, and it's not crazy by by any stretch of the imagination. And in order to do that, I mean, you would the, then the Red Sox and the Rays would also have to get to 96 wins because there's no no record tiebreaker in that point. They would the, the MLB would freak out. They'd have to do like five days of one game playoffs to sort out the AL East. But the getting the Rays to 95 wins and is very hard. They, their schedule is a joke. They have 10 games left against the Orioles. They haven't played the Twins yet. They've got to play Miami. They've got to play uh, Phillies, Detroit. They have it easy. Boston's schedule is very, very hard. They still have 10 against Tampa. They've got four against Toronto. They've got to play the White Sox. They've got to play the Indians six times, who are no slouch. Um, They still have to play the Mets. They have it tough. So the Yankees have the second easiest of the schedules. Rays have the easiest. Red Sox have the hardest. The Yankees can get to 96 wins, and it's, it's really not crazy. It's not crazy at all, but to win the division, there's there's no more room for error. Like, if they were to lose three games this weekend to the Mariners, it's gone. If they are to have a bad series at any point to one of these bad teams like the Mariners or the Royals or the Angels, uh, it's over. They, they have no more margin for error to win the division. They have to win every single game they need to win. They need to play 700 baseball since the All-Star break. They haven't done that. For as good as they've been, they've only won two out of every three. They have they, they have to play better than that to get the division. Two out of every three, though, it's I mean, you can't really ask for more, even out of a good. Yeah, I mean, if, that's when the season six. started, yeah. But when you when you fucking pissing away April, May, yeah. June, and July, yeah. Now they did. two out of three is not good enough, and that's their fault. That's their fault, and that's right. why if they if they, I think they're going to get a wild card spot, and it looks like they'll probably play at Boston. Then that's 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 because they sucked in the first three months of the season, and all we heard out of Boone was, oh, we just got to keep battling and battle adversity and everything. Right. And it's like, now I saw the New York Post ar- post an article this week after they, they fucking stomped the Orioles for two games that, <laughs> oh, isn't it great that 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 they just stayed the course and, and that like Boone had faith in his guys? What the hell are you talking about? They had to overhaul this lineup yeah. just to get it respectable. They had to bring in Rizzo and Gallo, two moves that were necessary, even though I thought, the lineup wasn't too right-handed heavy, according to Brian yeah. Cashman prior to this point, <laughs> except you add two all-star caliber left-handed hitters to the lineup just to make it like a decent lineup. I still don't think it's like a fantastic lineup just because there's a lot of holes in it with how some of these players are. But but yeah, I mean they they have they're beating up on Baltimore, Miami. That's fine. That's the schedule. Now they're dealing with COVID again. Again. Sanchez just goes on the IL like literally two seconds before we press record because of COVID. Garrett Cole, obviously. Jordan Montgomery. So that's two of your five starting pitchers that were right. semi-trustable. I know, I mean, obviously Garrett Cole is your ace, even though he hasn't pitched like an ace since since MLB's sticky stuff. And Montgomery, I thought, had been looking much better of late. Uh, it was him, the, those two in Tyon that you're trusting. And now, okay, you gotta win. You gotta play seven hundred ball or minimum win two out of three. You got three fifths of your rotation on COVID. Right. 
Yeah, it's not good. It's not. And I, and what you said about staying the course sort of with the roster and Boone, I mean, Boone gets no credit here. This has been an atrocious season. Every message he's tried to deliver has fallen on deaf ears. The Yankees don't give a fuck what the guy says. Anything he says is a lie or an exaggeration or just he just thinks people are idiots. I mean, he you can't keep saying the same message over and over through 100 games and have a barely above 500 record and think anyone's listening to you. And when you mention the additions of Rizzo and Gallo, if they didn't make those trades, they get, well, first of all, Rizzo single-handedly won against the Marlins by himself. If they don't have Rizzo, they get swept by the Marlins. They scored 10, they scored 10 runs over the weekend in three games, and three of them came as the result of Marlins' errors. And at one point through the first two games, out of the seven runs the Yankees had scored, he scored five of them, had driven in the other two. You know, on Monday night, they're, get, they're getting destroyed by Jorge Lopez. And at one point, Rizzo had the only uh, RBI... Gallo had the only hit. It's the it's the surrounding cast there of Judge and Stanton and Glaber and Sanchez and DJ. The guys who have been here all season, they're still not doing shit. And I know, you know, they came alive the last two nights. Again, it's Baltimore. That's what you expect. You expect to score double-digit runs against the Orioles. You expect to pound the Orioles. They're 31 games under 500. They're yeah. a horrible team. They're a bad team. So it's tough because, yes, they have to win these games. They they can only beat the teams they're playing, and they've had a good stretch here where you've got Miami, you've got Baltimore. Now they say now they see Seattle, who I don't they're think is any team. good. Seattle's not a good team. They've got no. like a minus 50 run difference. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, they they're... did take two out of three against the Rays, but then and then after this, you've got Kansas City. So you just have a run here where Chicago's the next games. Chicago's the next hard series. The White Sox and, are yeah. a hard series. Yeah. And the Yankees, I mean, they, they swept them last time, but all the games were close. They got a triple play to get out of a crazy, you know, jam. Yeah, but you're going to be, you're going to be playing in this gimmicky feel the yeah, teams. Who there. knows what's going to go on there. But yeah, really, it, the really, the real problem that I still have is, I mean, you saw it on Tuesday. They get a, they get a good lead. What happens? Stanton hits a 500 footer. Judge hits a solo home run to pat it. And then, and then okay. you get Wednesday night. Judge comes up, up one run, chance to open the game. What does he do? Strikes out on three pitches with a runner on third, less than two outs. Thankfully, John Carlos' little bloop fell in to clear the bases, or we'd be going, you know, otherwise it's a one-run lead with six outs to get. I don't trust this bullpen to do that. So those two guys, yes, the if you look, if you were to, if you were to never watch the Yankees and you just looked at their stats, you'd be like, wow, they're having pretty good years. But if you watch this team day in and day out like we do, Everybody knows who you want up in big spots and who you don't want up in big spots. And Aaron Judge has been horrible in big spots this season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you know what pissed me off from yesterday's game is Rizzo has the 14 pitch at bat in the first inning. And it actually like gets the, it, it it ends in a walk, but like the crowd is on yeah. their feet and there's some juice in the building. And then Judge hits a 27 hopper to the first shortstop pitch. on the first pitch. It's like awful, awful. Uh, the, the, uh. the amount of three strikeout at bats the Yankees put together in big spots between Judge and Stanton and Glaber, and when when Hicks was on the team earlier in the season, it's appalling. I it just I don't know. And, well, and that's, that's why I like say. Last night, no, yeah, but that's that's why I, I said a couple of minutes ago, it's like, yes, the additions of Gallo and Rizzo were necessary, and I like them both. And and on paper, the lineup looks way better because you can go lefty-righty, and it's just it's just Rizzo doesn't strike out as much, but then you still have the holes in the lineup. Where the hell is Glaber Torres, and when the hell is he going to ever show up? Is DJ, On the podcast I yeah. just did uh, with Derek Albin uh, uh, yesterday, when is DJ LeMahieu going to turn back into an uh, all-star player? So uh, Gary Sanchez is now COVID. So you have Higgy, you, you know, he, I know he's, he's the diff is apparently he's the best ke receiving catcher in the history of baseball, but guess what? He can't hit. So, so, so the line, I like when he, I like when he gets to hit and everyone chirps online, they're like, see, see, it's like, if you have to point out every single time the guy gets on base, you should recognize there's a problem. Which is there. like, which is what? Like, 28% yeah. of the time. He's it's, got like it's, a 280 it's the same percentage. with John Carlo. If John Carlo gets a big hit, you get, I get a billion people saying, where's your, where's your criticism now? Stuff. It's like, yeah, you, if you have to point out when the guy making $32 million, it's a home run. That that's a problem. All right. So I, I don't want, I don't want to make this just a bitch fest. All right. So let's talk about <laughs> something that I actually was excited about this week. And that's Luis heel. Yeah. Heel soft G heel. Yeah. Um, Looked like he had not ready though. They say he's not ready for the show. Looked like he had electric stuff. Um, I think MLB Pipeline graded his fastball seventy-five out of eighty. So if you believe in the in the scouting and all that kind of stuff, that's an elite fastball with a high spin rate. That's I mean, it's this is one of the pitchers that had been on like their their list of like good stuff kind of pitchers, but mm -hmm. like when are we ever going to see them? So I was very excited about what I saw. It was a great debut. I would much rather see him get a few more starts than Andrew Heaney. I don't need to see Andrew yeah. Heaney. It was a lottery ticket. I think maybe they lost out on Berrios. The price was too high. There were some reports that Cashman was looking at Trevor Story, too, at the deadline. The price was too high on that, so they had to sort of pivot to different plans. Okay, so Andrew Heaney is someone that you can just sort of get off the scrap heap and um, as a lottery ticket, I know what that lottery ticket is going to turn into. Let's, <laughs> let's see Luis Hill pitch for a yeah few, for i a mean few games. this is a guy who the yankees have continued to say is not ready even after his dominating performance like the first yankee to have whatever six innings uh no runs six strikeouts of debut since like 1923 or something and people are still after the game like yeah he, he's not ready his change up needs to come along if he's not ready then fucking 20 people that i've seen pitch for the yankees this year aren't ready because the guy dominated a lineup that andrew heaney couldn't even keep in the ballpark and I know the Orioles aren't good, and if Luis Heal were to go out there and 
face the Astros or the Red Sox or the Blue Jays, maybe he might get rocked, but he didn't. He faced the Orioles, a team that Andrew Heaney, who's been in the league for years now, couldn't get an out against. Keep him in the rotation. Like, then they sent him down after the game, and I know it's like roster manipulation. And I mean, I hope he comes back up. If he doesn't come back up, that's crazy. He's got to get a start against Seattle. He yes, has to. Yes. Well, who, who else are you starting and, and you have confidence in? Who else is deserving of a spot? The thing that I can't stand with the Yankees is they've done this for years, is whether it's seniority or money owed, it always takes precedence over performance. Like Estevan Florial comes up. Guy is unbelievable for a stretch here after the All-Star break. Is Him and Greg Allen single-handedly carried the team to four wins in five games. And they're like, thanks for all your great production, but we're going to go with uh, Ryan Lamar and Brett Gardner up here rather than you. Like, there's there's nothing you can do to, like, keep your spot. I was I was ready to see a tweet that Ridings was getting sent down the other day and, like, for the, for the minor league shuttle and that Nick Nelson was going to be back up because that's, like, sort of what this team does. It's all it's it's incredibly frustrating and I'm with you on it that it's frustrating but if we're if we're worried about roster spots number 23 through 26 making or breaking this team then this team's in bigger trouble than like it's got to be the top half of this roster that's going to carry this team to the playoffs or not like that's fair. the the bottom of the roster is what it is I think every team probably has these same sort of annoying things go on and we're just close to the Yankees and and we hate Aaron Boone. So we, <laughs> so and, and we're frustrated with how Brian Cashman has maybe developed this roster so we can, we can bitch about it a little bit more, but, uh, but I'm way more in the camp of Aaron judge needs to be better in big spots. DJ LeMahieu needs to turn his season around. John Carlos Stanton, at least he's playing the outfield a little bit more now, right? Like <laughs> That's they say nice he's going to, he played that he played uh, the outfield on Monday, which gave judge a, a DH day. Voight should be returning. Like, what are we waiting for? I mean, Voight's going to get injured in the minors. Right. Like, at least let him get injured at Yankee Stadium. Like, don't let, let him get injured in Scranton. So <laughs> call him up, DH him, put Stanton in the outfield, and let's just let's just go. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, and I, I agree. Like, the bottom, you know, the last few roster spots shouldn't matter on a 26-man roster, but it does because the manager puts these guys into situations they shouldn't be in. So you might think the, tw- the last two guys in the bullpen don't matter, but when you're in a fucking... 10th inning game against the Phillies or the Red Sox and there's a guy in second with no outs, those are the guys that he's using to pitch because it, everyone needs their time off even when every game is a must-win game right now. Has been. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll retract that because I hate when people say now as if like the April games didn't matter, like they didn't have any impact on now. But Boone finds a way to use the bottom of the roster in big spots. And so every spot on the, on the roster matters because you could be the 26th guy and he'll find a high leverage spot for you. Yeah, I mean, it was it. Um, uh, we were joking through text message. It was uh, Ray Romano coming in in a must-win yeah. game at Fenway Park. Yeah, no big deal. And, and uh, uh, Brooks Krisky spiking balls left and that right. That was insane. It, that was the, that was the hardest I, I've ever had to watch anything. I, I can't believe what I was watching there. I can't. I still can't believe that happened. I but can't believe a, it. That's that, like okay, so. Yes, you can blame Boone for putting those players who shouldn't be in those positions in those positions, but it's also the players who should never allow those positions to happen, which right. is the top of the roster that need to play better right. if this team is actually going to do anything this year. Yeah. Um so But like but like I said, I mean I'm happy where like, I mean I'm not happy. I wish the team had a ten game division league, but where they could have been and where they are over the last two weeks is night and day. 
they still have a long ways to go. I mean, they have to do well against Seattle here. They they have to win five out of these seven games against Seattle and Kansas City and then go to Chicago and you know not get swept. That's the goal here for the next 10 days. Uh, but continue to beat up on the bad teams. That's what they have to do. And they've, they've put themselves in this position where they have to do that. There's there's no more fucking around. There's no more, oh, you know, tip your hat to this guy who has a 15 ERA, but he shut the Yankees down for four innings. Like, they, that can't happen anymore. Lopez, the other night? Yeah, that, basically that. That's exactly what happened. Boone said he, he if you if you heard him speak after the game, you would have thought that it was 1996 Greg Maddox they faced, and that's how dominant I can't believe you still listen to all the press conferences. Like, I do because so it's, it's it's the funniest. It's it's the best TV show. Every night, like when there's the ninth inning, I'm like, oh my god, three more outs. Then I, you know, I get I get close up the house, get ready for bed, get in bed, put on that, and it's like ten minutes of just the funniest stuff you'll ever hear. It's unbelievable. <laughs> They need the Yankees need to put themselves in a position when they go to Oakland for four games at the end of the month that a split is totally fine. Yeah, that's what I have. I mean, I'll before we we go here, I'll run through it. I mean, Kansas City and Seattle, I lump together, have to win five out of seven there. That's not unreasonable. Baltimore, there's six games left. That loss the other night hurts, but they have to win five out of six. Um, the White Sox, you just can't get swept. You can't happen. Angels, four games left because they have that makeup one game at home, win three out of four. The Boston and the Tampa series are key. You have to win both all three of those series. You have to go four and two against Boston, two and one against Tampa. That's probably the hardest thing they have to do. Oakland, you can go two and two. Toronto, four and three. Cleveland, two and one. Mets, two and one. I mean, they have to win all the series pretty much, except for one if they want to get to ninety six and the win a division. And then the Twins, Braves, Rangers, nine games there. They have to win six or seven of those. It, it's doable. It's it's not outrageous. It's just. They put themselves, like I said, in a position where you cannot have one one bad day or it's, or it's off. If that happens, that would be a pretty stunning turnaround for a team that's been wildly inconsistent to this point in the season. So Yeah, if, I'm it, if it all happened, I think it ends up being like a 685 win percentage since the All-Star break, which is it's like Yankee teams have done things like that. They've yeah. gone on runs like that, but it's okay. but with Don't this start team... With the- no, I'm not Don't talking about historically. The, the 1998 Yankees started no, one I'm not four even meal. Speaking Did you know historically, that? If you think back to like two, what was it, 2018 when this team won like 18 yes. out of 19, like crazy yeah, shit like course. that. That they need something like like right here with this 13 game stretch. Like they went three and zero against Miami. They went two out of three against Baltimore. Now Seattle. Now Kansas City. If they go like 11 and two here, that does wonders for this pace, and they could even screw up a couple more times down the stretch. Yeah, All it's right, tough. It's gotta- tough, but. It's tough, but it, it can happen. Hey, I need it to happen. If they, if, if this team gets to wild card spot, it's like, and they get to the second wild card spot and they lose and they burn Garrett Cole and then he can't pitch the game three or four. It was a waste of a season anyway. Yeah, but if the team is playing better at the end of the year and actually wins the wild card game and then can is playing well into the first first round of the playoffs, then I don't know. We'll forget about it if if right. they win. But you're right. If if they lose because Garrett Cole had to pitch a wild card game, then it's obviously we're all going to be disappointed. All right. I know you got to wrap it up. Neil, thanks so much for joining. And uh, everyone listening, if something crazy happens tonight because we're recording before Thursday's game, I'll be back on to talk about it. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Joey Gallo with his signature Yankee moment, according to Michael Kay. He dropped the signature Yankee moment with the three-run home run in the seventh inning to give the Yankees the lead. They held on. Dear life, they held on. Uh, Chapman made it interesting, as he usually does. I wouldn't say he was hit hard by any means in the ninth inning. Um, he certainly maybe didn't have his control, 
but uh, a couple of weird fluky things. And then the ball to the warning track at the end, Yankees got the win. So obviously I'm recording after I just did the podcast that you heard with Neil. Thanks to Neil for coming on. He, we had to cut it short a little bit. So if it ended a little abruptly, he, uh, he also just had a, a baby pretty recently. And I think he had to go, go watch him. So we had to wrap up fairly quickly. But uh, again, thanks for Neil for coming on. Go check out his show, Keith to the City. He does it uh, pretty regularly. Um, covers all New York sports, but um, definitely the Yankees as well. So they they came back. They beat they beat Seattle. Um, uh, a game as Neil and I were talking about. These are the teams you absolutely have to beat if the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. I still think their most realistic chance to the playoffs is through the wild card. I just think that having to overcome both Tampa and Boston is a pretty tall task, despite the fact that Boston continues to lose. Um, they'll probably start winning again soon. It's, we're over a hundred games into the season and they are uh, got a better record than you. So I think they're good enough to play better than what we've seen over the last week from them. And of course, they do have the the tiebreaker against the Yankees. So I just think it's a, a really tall task to have the Yankees come back and win this division. Although we sort of laid out the plan. Neil talked about how many wins he thinks they need to get to. I think he said 96. And it starts by beating teams like Seattle. Um, a game they absolutely had to win. Uh, looked like it was going to be frustrating game if they didn't win it because they left a lot of guys on base in the first six innings. I think they were two for eight with runners in scoring position. One of those and was one of those hits was obviously the Gallo home run. And he had a huge night. He had two two doubles and the the home run, uh the rainmaker. Uh, not exactly a towering deep shot. It was a porch job, but I guess that's a payback for the one that Green allowed, which was also a porch job. Uh Gallo and Rizzo have been difference makers in the lineup so far. Um, they're talking about how Gallo, this is his first home run. Um, again, Kay joked about the signature Yankee moment. I, I like to bust Kay for, for that sort of thing. He also drops the earning your pinstripes thing. Um, whenever someone will hit a regular season home run, you know, whatever that, that's his job to opine on, on the broadcast and, and hype things up. Uh, but it was a huge, huge home run. Huge home run for the team. Huge home run for Gallo. He was obviously pumped up. Um, I noticed something funny about Gallo as just watching him play. He wiggles around at the plate in the field. I actually had someone tweet me um, saying they were at the game earlier this week and they were in left field and he was playing left field and he's just constantly in motion out there. Um, just a weird, quirky thing. Uh, but yeah, he gave the huge fist pump as he rounded first base and that was that was a big moment. Um and and I I'm I'm just happy they came back because it it looked like the offense, even though they did bust out against Baltimore, was gonna have another quiet night against um an inferior opponent despite where Seattle is in the standings. So this was uh, a good way to start the four game series against Seattle. Um again, thanks for thanks for Neil for coming on the show. He thinks they can win the division. We'll see. I'll, I'll make sure to check in on, with him on that later in the season. But again, thanks, guys. And Scott and I should be back for a regular scheduled show on Monday.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.